This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that could really use a nice regeneration one of these days. On today's episode, we go to the world between worlds to discuss Disney Plus's Ahsoka. Then, we continue our journey with the TARDIS as we finish the first series of Doctor Who. But before we do, let's meet the team. I'm Norm. I'm Lucas. I'm Bridget. And I'm Emilia. And today we are foregoing the verse news because all the papers say today is just bad wolf. Well, I'm sure that's not going to be important later, so why don't we start with uh, our coverage of Ahsoka, episode, the next one, episode five. Episode Shadow Warrior. Yes. A lot happened. And what, or yeah, what happened in this episode, Bridget? Did a lot happen? I, I'm not sure a lot happened. I mean, don't get of- me wrong. I, I, I want to say right now that this this was, to me amazing this was an amazing episode it was visually amazing yeah i thought a lot of character development happened but but, but not a lot mostly through through uh visuals like it's the one time where i i gotta say the visuals to me told so much story that it actually at one point i had a rewatch because i missed the story in front of me because i was thinking about all the things i was actually seeing uh as soon as it ended the first thing i did was uh go on slack and be like bridget did you watch this because i my enjoyment of it was increased thinking that bridget would her head would be exploding (laughs) on this entire episode um so it's true lucas can confirm he did dm me right afterwards which i happened to have just watched the episode i made sure to watch it when it first came out and i'm gonna say guys this episode might have been Possibly my favorite piece of Star Wars content to come across my screen. I have to simmer with it because it's part of a whole, but I will say I am not sure I've ever enjoyed watching a Star Wars episode so much. Like, I. You're not, a, you're not alone either. I. It explains no. all the guts on the console. Or at least it's been a while <laughs> since I sat and watched one. All the, is that where that brain matter came from? Yeah, it's more than usual. I will say it was a lot more than usual. I will say I didn't break any ceiling tiles. It was nothing like so shocking that I was like, "Oh my god!" It was just from start to finish, one of the most enjoyable experiences ever, and it renewed my faith in Star Wars. And it renewed. No, it's true, but it totally renewed my love for why I love this franchise, because. Yeah. I do think this episode was for uh, Bridges' generation. I mean, granted, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's the idea of the people people who grew up as kids that their introduction was um, sure uh, Hayden as um, Anakin. Anakin. Right. Yeah, I just think, and all the Clone Wars and all that. I just think this was like really for that generation because I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm so glad because they there was spoilers flying left and right like like flak during a, a you know a, a clone war <laughs> and i'll say that like 
I'm so glad I saw all these spoilers and I was like, no, I got to just watch it. So I made sure I stayed up and watched it one night because I was like, I got to get on it now. And then I just seeing the um, just the adoration and love that was just all over the Internet for this episode was cool because I definitely felt similar. I but at the like same time, I feel like it's been getting review bombed a little bit. Really? I really? haven't well, I've well, when seen I Googled, praise. Uh, when I Googled Ahsoka sees ep- oh, wait, sorry, episode five, I see, see what the rating is. Wait, where was I? <laughs> Maybe I, mean, I just Googled Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've i heard nothing but praise for this episode from a lot of people who uh, I've seen usually putting it down. And the praise that they're giving is not high praise. They're, it's praise of, a, like, like yeah, you know what? This this is one of the better ones, but it's still not it's still not what I'm used to and what I am, grew up loving. It's got a 3.1 average, according to Google. Oof. But this one has a 9.4 out of 10 rating. But it's because it's, like, it's like five, like lots and lots of fives, and then like a little teeny bit of four, three, two, and then like a bunch of ones. It was mm. the robots. It's all Cronsworth. I you wouldn't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Cronsworth. You, you um, know, Bridget, every time you ever say something about uh, Star Wars, um, since we've watched Andor, uh, I kind of just roll my eyes because in my mind nothing's beating Andor, but I gotta yet. tell you, with this episode, this—it's not my favorite piece of Star Wars content I've seen, but it's up there. It really is. See, and that's the thing—I have to—I feel like I need to digest this, digest it, geez, a bit, because I feel like a lot of my favorite Star Wars content hasn't come until like a second or third rewatch, and you sit with it and you're like, oh dang, that actually is so good. Um, so I'm curious to see how this will hold up in, like, once all eight episodes are out. I will say that this was a very strong point in the season. So that was episode five. So we're over halfway now. Only three episodes left. Uh, this is already in a better position than I think, like, The Mandalorian season three was, as well as Boba Fett, as far as storytelling goes. I think that this was a major turning point. Uh, and it sets us mm-hmm. up for, I think, what could be a very exciting last three episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that this episode in particular r- reminded me that I was like, okay, so this definitely is Ahsoka's show. I know we joked about like two episodes ago. We're like, is this Sabine's show? Mm-hmm. Curious. Well, which, which was why I was curious how Emilia feels about this because there was no Sabine in this. And and she doesn't have a little nostalgia from the Clone Wars and Rebels, so yeah. How did this one land with you? Um, I thought it was so good. It was like I know I didn't see the Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, but uh, seeing like those not flashbacks exactly, but like you know a young Ahsoka. They were, fighting. but well, it was cool that they did it in a dream like right. So it's like she's in this mm-hmm. other world. So yeah, it was very cleverly done. Yeah, so, so I really liked seeing that, and the character development was really helpful. And then the star whales at the end were just absolutely enchanting. Took me just bo- bonkers somewhere. Right? I love it. Like, <laughs> so 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 let's let's get into this. Let's get into the nitty gritty of of this. Let's, let's sure. start dissecting it. And I want to start where Emily just um, was talking. Emily, the one thing that did not translate, I didn't, I didn't realize, didn't translate as well until watching this episode. In the Clone Wars, you see, you know, Ahsoka as a young Jedi, but it doesn't really process that she's young. It, like it doesn't hit you. 
Same thing with Kane mm. and Jairus. Like, when you see him when he's young and fighting in the Clone Wars, you don't think about it. Same thing with uh, Cal Kestis and, and, and uh, um, even Ezra Bridger for pretty much the beginning of Rebels they're young and what you realize here in this when you see her go, they go basically back in time I guess you want to say seeing a young girl playing Ahsoka really hits home about the whole child soldier thing and I thought I didn't think I didn't know I didn't realize how young she was supposed to be because in animation you just write that off but here I couldn't do that and the whole idea of like fighting a war, there's all the in the Bad Batch is guilty of this all the time. It's not their fault. It's just the idea where you're like, oh, that's silly. They just threw that guy off of a you know off of a ship. Like, no, that guy plummeted to his death. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't land as hard in the animated context. And so yeah, seeing this four, you know, twelve, fourteen year old fighting in war should be traumatizing for everyone involved. So yeah, that I agree. I think that was way more it was way harder to not acknowledge that reality when you see an actor playing that and then you see like laser beams shooting everywhere and soldiers dying yeah it definitely felt way more you know dramatic yeah it it really like lit up my brain where it was like whoa mm-hmm. and like like th- this is why i had to watch this episode twice was because of of this things like this this isn't the only thing that happened where i was like and i sh- my mind started wandering off the implications of what i just saw but this was like mm-hmm. pretty much the first part where I was like, "Right, she was a kid fighting in a war, like a <laughs> nasty war." Yeah, mm. it really helped sell the war part of Star Wars, which, as we all know, I don't like <laughs> uh, historically, because I feel like there's not that many, like in the grand scheme of Star Wars uh, stuff that I've seen, there's not that many that really focus in on like the wars and i know that that sounds ridiculous because it's like that's the whole thing they're always at war the backdrop is always war but it's like it's like this rogue one and andor i feel like really get down to business they're like this is what a war would be like it would be very very bad and it's not heroic and it's not fun and it's not just like black and white um so that for for that i i appreciated this yeah i will say that Having that dreamlike sequence and going back to the Clone Wars setting in live action and seeing Ahsoka as a kid, all it did was make me want like another like real nitty gritty live action Clone Wars film. Like in all sincerity, because, it kind of shows you what we miss yeah. though. Not that I, I don't want to diss the cartoon or no. the animated shows because they were spectacular. Right, but it, you're like, wow, yeah. what if they had the balls to make that originally? Well, and I think too, there's uh. so many. Yeah. pieces of the Clone Wars that it's really it would be so difficult and really gosh darn expensive to and, put that together. And Disney Plus didn't exist then. Yeah. No. Like they didn't have these streaming and services. I, and I think so, that yeah. animation like the, it is a good avenue for storytelling and I think how the Clone Wars did it animation was the correct move. But God like seeing the stormtroopers and that like oh God everything was just like so real and I loved it. Um, the I think the only thing that would have caused my head to explode while watching this episode was if we had like a full Rex moment. We did have him in yeah. uniform, but if Rex took they, off he, his helmet, I think they knew. Yeah, I think they, they knew the bucket Yeah, if he took, we would have been too focused on. I it. will yeah. say I was laughing though because I was like, ah, budget cuts, man. When Ahsoka 
like when they're in that dream <laughs> sequence and she's holding the one stormtrooper's hand and they have his face wrapped up like a mummy. I'm like, well, that's one way to get around not paying uh, Tamir Morrison. Residuals, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he didn't have any lines either. Right. Though, well, so. if you think about it, you would have had to put his face in like 30 people in just that quick little scene. CGI. Yeah. Man. I was like, okay, I can, I can understand that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, another moment that I thought was uh, visually really well done. Um, Anakin's... I'm still a little confused of what the lesson Anakin was trying to teach Ahsoka in the world oh, between the world was. I'll gladly fill you in on that. Okay, well, um, but going halfway through, um, they're charging back into the breach, and it's all foggy. And as you watch Anakin light up his blue lightsaber, all of a sudden you see like a... a, a bombshell go off in the distance and all of a sudden it flashes and next thing you know it's, it's Vader. Vader with the red and then another bomb flashes cool. Anakin with the blue and then it's Vader with the red again and I was like that like I don't go crazy over things yeah. like that too often but that was cool that was almost as cool as that moment in Rogue One where it's really really dark you hear Vader's breath and then his lightsaber <laughs> and I was yeah. like oh my god it was almost the same way for me yep well yeah. I'll say that this this show has been beautiful since the beginning. We've remarked upon it on every episode. And this is maybe the best episode for the cinematography. And I'm not just including all those amazing, like, smoky shots. Like I said, and the fact it was so dreamlike, I love that. It worked for a war setting, but it also worked that she was, like, going through these, like, you know, this past trauma and these past experiences. Um, but uh, the whales, too, man, I really love, like, you felt the scale of them. Like, seeing them next to these huge ships... Like it, it's hard sometimes when you watch these shows to really feel like you're actually there. Um, and yeah, I just really felt this entire episode was just super solid for that. Directed by Dave Filoni, by the uh, way. Um, no doubt. Do we want to talk about Ahsoka's journey, though? Because I think this is super relevant. One of the reasons I love this episode is that it really tells so much story about a character. It doesn't do a lot of, like, plot is not a lot of plots moved forward, but it's the entire episode is about what, like, we've been talking about it. Why is Ahsoka so, like, dour and like she's not fun to be around anymore because she's so serious and you realize oh and she won't even teach she won't teach Grogu but then she'll teach Sabine but she does it like half-heartedly and it's like that is why is because she's worried that she literally has been shaped to be a warrior and that's all she has to offer is is violence mm-hmm. and this is what's been plaguing her is she's like and it's it's kind of why she turned her back on the Jedi is she didn't even think they were doing things right and she thinks she's going to do the same thing. She's like, you guys might have been wrong, but so am I. Like, I'm damaged. I'm broken because of all my experiences that have shaped me. And Anakin was there to tell, say, like, nah, brah. Like, trust me. Like, you, you're not me. But also, like, there's a choice you have to make. Like, you, you can either embrace your past, both sides of it, the good and the bad. Or, you know, you just quit. Just give up. And that's the only option you have in front of you. You either accept that you have some bad sides of you and some good. Or you just die. And I was like, wow, that's super deep. Like, that is, to me, that really resonates. It's like every day you wake up, you have to contend with, you know, your life and what you've done, the choices you've made. Did, and then is, try to keep fighting, right? Try to do better. Is that, it's a really basic storytelling. Was, was that the long way of saying do or do not, there is no try? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. It's essentially Luke's journey from Return of the Jedi. I mean, it's the same, it's the same character arc as Luke in Return of the Jedi in some ways. Because the yeah. idea is like, am I father? Am I my? He's like, I'm not my father before me, whatever. Or yeah. no, he says, I am my father. I'm a Jedi. Well, uh, yeah, I'm like my father kind before of, me, a Jedi. You know, like I'm a Jedi until he became an evil Jedi, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like a Sith. But like, 
you know, but that's true. Like the, that was her journey to have right there is to acknowledge that. But it's really just about her accepting it and kind of finding peace in it and becoming Ahsoka the White, which is what she does. <laughs> no, she, she totally has a Gandalf moment there at the end. Stop. Oh, they totally. And but what I love about it is that you see her expression afterwards, where she's just like jiving with the whales, like she's smoking ganja and chilling with the whales. And I was like, Yeah, she's yeah, a lot bro, more that's... smiley and relaxed, even though like yeah, right. There's still they're still in as much trouble as they were, but but she's in a better. But aren't place they always? For it. She's in a better place. I, <laughs> I loved was, it. I thought it was just a beautiful character story. Well, that moment with the whales, though, too. I felt that. And I know we joked about it, but it was a piece of like seeing Snips again. Like you see that innocent mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. of her that exactly. does get stripped away because she is a child warrior, you know. Uh, and so I thought that was like a very refreshing way to end the episode and bring it around. Because in that way, yes, we joke as the Gandalf moment, but she does like become a Jedi master. Does that make sense? Like, she has finally, like, breached that next step. Yeah, she's finding wonder and beauty in the world still. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Norm's sitting on something. We called it, too, though. We did call this, by the way. We said this would happen in a few episodes. Can I throw out a nitpick, a Norm nitpick? It's really dumb, but uh, I got to throw it out there. All right, nitpicky Norm. I disagree, yeah. Okay. Um, So, the space whales. They looked amazing. And they looked a lot like real whales, especially when they open their mouth and you see their teeth look like cones. Yeah. What's the point of a space whale having those? Because in on Earth, the reason why they have them is because they're trying to get krill. We don't know what they eat, though, Norm. You're right. You're absolutely right, but we don't have any. They eat gas. Prove it yet? They eat gas. That was this was a part. There's a big thing in Rebels. Maybe they've got to filter out space particulate. I don't know enough about xenobiology <laughs> to comment on this. All right, let's get Sam Kirk on the line. Right. Let's let's yeah. open the <laughs> hailing fr- frequencies. Let's. Of, well, actually, I was going to say there's probably a lot of stuff in space, but it famam- famously is there isn't. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, like, what's the point of the? Uh, again, yeah, a norm I'm, nitpick. I'm, it's really dumb. It's stupid. It's out there. But I, I'm just curious. But I kind of agree with you. This idea, like, they could have had to be whale adjacent. Yeah. Like, there's things they could have done to be like. They gave them tentacles for crying out loud. What the heck? And listen, Star Wars is oh. never the best at being like, how is this scientifically plausible? Like, they don't really care about that ever. Um, I mean, they have oh, warp engines out their butt. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fantasy. It's sci fantasy. Come on. Oh, well, it's fun. You're right. I, then maybe that's its mouth, like octopi. You know. Oh God. But the mouth was the. You know what? I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole <laughs> that we mouths, don't need to mouths. go down. Yeah. No, but I will say. I just like that they went inside the mouth to fly with them. By the way, yes. I was like, was that really necessary? But okay. Um, I will say that I thought it was pretty cool to see them bring the space whales in because that's essentially how Rebels ended. So it was really awesome mm-hmm. to like have a very Clone War-centric episode to then finish it off with a Rebel-centric ending, per se. Mm-hmm. And I kind of forgot a little bit how important the space whales were at the end. Like, we joked about Ezra, like, got a space whale, blah, blah, blah. But then you're like, oh, crap. Like, that's, like, yeah, that was, like, huge. Um, and that was a huge part of the Rebels thing is, like, it wasn't using technology to win. It was, like, using nature and yeah. being one with the Force. Yes. Right? I mean, that's how... Like, that's rad. Because earlier in that season, uh, the wolf... The, yes. The, uh, yes. Loof wolves? Loof wolves? Yeah. Or whatever. Love like, that storyline. Yeah. yeah the, and, and even the Loof cats help Ezra throughout the series. Oh, like, yeah. That's why I was actually so happy to see... Wait, is it Loof or Lothcat? Lothcat? Loof? I thought it was Loof. Loofcat and Loof wolf. 
I have no idea. Anyways, the cats. I was so happy that they brought those in at the beginning of this season. Because I think they're really Mm -hmm. cool creatures. Yeah. Yeah. And I will Mm -hmm. say, having been to the Star Wars and Disney, those things are everywhere. Like, they're selling them, like, hand over fist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) More so than baby baby. uh, Yoda. But, uh, no. Merchandising. Merchandise. I will say, though, that, like, I really did love just about every single part of this episode. Um, Norm, that one scene, when though, that you would see a... Oh, sorry. Sorry, Amelia. Question. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're um, good. Interrupt me. When did we first see a star whale in Star Wars? Rebels. Uh, Rebels. Yeah. When did that come out? That's Filoni, man. Uh, Filoni has a really good uh, like grasp of, like... 17, don't quote me on... No, it finished sure. in 2018. So it had so it been, might have been... It might have been 2016 or 2017. 2016, 2017, yeah. One of the, around there. Okay. But well, um, but I... that's Filoni introduced all these other creatures that you never really got often, was which was like this greater nature of the Force, right? It wasn't just granted that that's not true. The books, the um, heir to the Empire, actually had these creatures, and I've talked about on the show that can um, they can cancel out the Force. They have a mm-hmm. field they project that like cancels any of the Force out. Um, and I thought that was going to be turned into some Grogu storytelling. Um, anyway. Regardless of that, yes, it was 2016, 2017, around then. And, but, it, well, yeah, it was not just the whales. Because, yeah. yes, they, I've, I've been told they are a Doctor Who thing. Oh, uh, okay. From 2010. And everybody steals from everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure right. he well, stole well, from okay. Doctor in, in He's Filoni's probably seasons. a big Doctor it, Who fan. In well, four seasons, you'll know. <laughs> well, uh, Emily, I, I think, and I'm not 100% sure of this. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I'm pretty sure because the way they're introduced and the way it ends, it's very for Thrawn. It's very um, Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's inspired by Moby Dick or it could be inspired by Doctor Who. I, I mean, hey! yeah. I mean, Doctor Who has inspired many, many, many science fiction things in the in the world. So probably all the above. I'm yeah. going to tell everybody that it's a space whale on my bicep. There you go. No. I like it. I'm a fan. Um, nice. So, um, gripe. Can I put a gripe out? Sure. No. Since we've all been like praising this episode because it's amazing. It's, uh, my issue isn't with this episode. It's the fact that we're now going to episode six, which means we only have three episodes left. And we haven't gotten any Thrawn. We haven't gotten any Ezra Bridger. And if you ask me, I would have said this is the episode where we're going to finally see those characters so they could actually be a part of the entire story. And I'm starting to get really nervous that we're not going to get as much Thrawn as I wanted in this no, series. No, I personally think it's... if we get one of those, like, the final episode is when we see Thrawn, I'm going to be freaking pissed. No, I personally think we're not going to get him to the season finale, and then that's going to be the setup for season two. God damn That's it. my I'm prediction. I'm no, very upset no, it's, about it's that. Gotta, he's got to at least come in. I don't even know him. But he's got to at least upset. come in season uh, episode seven, at least. I'm already upset about well, it. Like, he better come in this six. Well, he better be in the well, next yeah, but he, let's, let's Let's quickly analyze what where we're going here. Uh, Ahsoka and, and Huang are both in a space whale on their way to see Ezra. We know Sabine, Bail, uh, Balin? Ba- Balin? Ba- Baylor? Balin? I think it's Balin. Baylor's the name of my D&D yeah. character. So, um, <laughs> so, 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 so ba- we know Balin and, and, and those guys are all pretty much on their way to go get Thrawn as well. So there's a good chance that this next episode will have Thrawn in it. Like a high. And, and I think you'll see Thrawn before you, you'll see uh, Ezra. 
wild, like wild prediction. I appreciate that. I I think they're going to do one of those classic switcheroos that they're going to find the location that Thrawn and Ezra were at, and then they realize that they're no longer there because they've, you know, abandoned Ooh, the ship already. That, I, I think that's that would leave a sour taste in a lot of mouths, including Lucas's, because I can already see him spitting. Um, yeah, but I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just it's kind of setting it up to get there. I don't think she's wrong though. That's what scares yeah. me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they. This did is the, what yeah. I would like. So, this is what I want to see. I want to see next episode start with Thrawn's story. We, we're there with him, but not like flashback. This is what happened. I want to see them him in the middle of some crazy stuff. <laughs> you know, start in, the, start in the middle. That's like classic storytelling, right? Classic writing. So I want to see him in the middle of whatever crazy hijinks he has going on in this like other universe, other galaxy. And, uh, and Ezra's obviously there too. And what the, so the, here's the theory part. People are thinking like maybe Ezra and Thrawn have had to team up begrudgingly because of this other threat where they ended up turns out to be an even scarier place than where they were. So then they're begrudgingly teaming up trying to defeat that one evil to then escape back to where they came from. And then suddenly they're enemies again. And of course, Thrawn's going to end up being a villain. He has to be. He's a great villain and he better not be anything but a villain. My worry would be that they do the classic sci-fi thing where they show up and Thrawn and Ezra don't even know who they are because... Oh, I would hate that. You, but that's a classic sci-fi trope. That is. You're right. Again. And I'm worried I, the reason that... reason it worries me no, yeah. I think that I, you might be right. Well, my uninformed opinion says that they're, <laughs> it's going to be one of those classic sci-fi tropes where they find the long-lost heroes and it's like they were better off not finding them. They've gone insane. Reason. Yeah. Well, either they don't remember who they are, who anyone else is, gone insane or evil. Mm. Okay. Um. Also, too, I mean, we also have to put in perspective that like this is setting up the uh, next trilogy of Star Wars films. So it's like, is it? So there's yeah, another help trilogy me out here. of Star help Wars. Me out here, everybody. Well, they're not going to stop. <laughs> they're not going to stop making Star Wars. No, films. it's not the, the next one. Though, it's, the, this... it's the sequels that this is. Like leading up to, and I know that the Mandalorian was like planting Easter eggs that you know, like tease to the sequel films. Ahsoka hasn't really done that, but I like after having seen the sequels, like Ezra and all these people aren't characters. We know that the New Republic or whatever, not New Republic, the um, it just sucks in its lane. The New Empire, what is the New Empire called? Oh, the First Order? Is it the, new, the, first, the order. first Order? Thank you. But they're not really, like, in control, right? No, but the First Order does eventually they take over. To. So it's like, you're talking about a greater... If, for some reason, as there is a greater threat than Ezra and Thrawn, it would have to be whatever, I think, to set up the First Order, because that would be, like, the you're next... You're just reminding me how lame the sequels are. Right, but that that's what Which, I'm, like, by worried the, by about. By the way, we haven't watched... We haven't ever watched the Rise of Skywalker, which I've never seen. Maybe it's like time to watch that soon. Maybe after this series ends, we should do a blind spot on that. Yeah, maybe could be fun. Bridget um, <laughs> just got really sad. <laughs> one of the, one of the things that because um, you reminded me lot, of why sparked a lot of discussion on the internet was there's a scene where uh, right at the end of the world between worlds segment, Anakin and and Ahsoka are fighting, and Anakin has his red lightsaber. And there's a moment where basically Ahsoka disarms him and she has the red lightsaber and th- there's like a close-up on her eyes and it looks like her her eyes are getting the Sith look. 
Yeah, yeah. Did you guys think that? Because I don't. I didn't see it, I so didn't I even had to notice like, that. see everybody re- reacting online. Yeah, I didn't notice it. I had to rewatch it and see. Yeah, I I'm was waiting st- I mean, I was- for Anakin's eyes. I just kept looking at Anakin's eyes because oh, they were no, red, Anakin's, and I was waiting. Anakin's eyes definitely got it. But I was waiting for them to change because I remember being like, okay, they're going to change his eye color when he comes out of it, which they do, but that's what I was focused on. I didn't he's notice the nightman. Ahsoka's. But, but um, there, a lot of people were saying that, no, no, she was almost a, uh, you know, she was like yeah, Sith in that moment. Towing the line? I think she was towing the line. I bit. think, Lucas, she, like, I... I Again, I had to watch it twice to try and get the story that they were trying to tell there because, again, the very first time I was so ingrained on the visuals yeah. and what the visuals meant. I looked a little bit deeper in that. It was just a reflection. It was a reflection ah, in those okay. deep blue eyes, that contact eyes she's, she has in, and it's it's the red. And I think that's actually better because it's a reflection of you are not your master. Mm-hmm. You could be, but you're not. And that reflection is not you. It's just what you think you're seeing. That certainly yeah, makes more like sense. That. Yeah, I like I like your interpretation way better than she just suddenly was like towing the line with her Sith. Although it, in reality, all it was was no, she had blue contacts on and the light reflects off. <laughs> a little easier, but I'm gonna go a little deeper on that. I'm thinking, you know, you're not your master. The only jarring part of this episode for me was when we saw Ahsoka without her headdress on. Oh, the, the crown her, on. Her oh, yeah. crown. Oh, and yeah. I was like... <laughs> oh. Oh, that's yeah, not a permanent like a weird, fixture. <laughs> like a weird Photoshop smudge tool. Yeah. Um, but I forgot. And I, uh, Does it make you think, like, why did, why the coloring? But anyway, no, I, That's your species. Is this racist of us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because I, I forgot. species existed. <laughs> Oh, I'm trying yeah. to think. I forgot that when she was a kid, like she had you like You hypothetical racist, you. <laughs> I'm not. No, I just remember like her uniform when she was a kid was like a little more dolled up. Like it looked like more jewelry and it had like the diamond on it kind of piece. Um, so then seeing her as an adult, I was like, it did like just take me back for a oh, second. It makes so much sense, though. It does. She just It's like, you know, you have tan lines. She just wears that thing all the time. That's her tan line. That's why it looked weird. No, because her, she has to, her like skin a has to line. transition from, like, her face skin to her head. Yeah, but it normally skin. looks more normal. She just has, she does. Have you ever more. seen it that before, like, without her crown on? Uh, no. N- well, I mean, no, not in live, not action. In live action. But, uh, you know, think of how weird it would have to be for her to see, like, uh, um, you know, an Irishman with, with, like pale white skin and all of a sudden bright red hair. It has to be like the same effect for her. Like, no, like or you, you, you know, you got he's the farmer's tan is all I'm saying. Trust me. I do feel like I it should have been a, a more defined line instead of like a weird mild Blend. radiant fade. <laughs> fade. Yeah. I wonder how long the uh, uh, the makeup department was like. Do we, do we need to line this or? Is this a blend? And I wonder how much much discussion there actually was. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. That's what <laughs> there was probably yeah. not that much discussion. <laughs> you never know. Unless there was. <laughs> I don't um, know. You know, uh, one of the things I was disappointed in this episode, uh, when Jace and Chopper were there on the edge, I was like, oh, we're going to get a lot of Chopper in this episode and didn't get enough. Yeah, this is annoying, man. Like, when are they going to give us our Chopper fix? They got to at least give us one episode where we get, like, Chopper just, like, 
instead of going instead of five seconds instead of five seconds of him getting mad about not being able to find his tracking uh disc yeah he hasn't done any chaos he hasn't he hasn't done anything yeah this is this is this is disappointing i've been having a great time listening to david Tennant bring the emotional weight though uh droid wise what about him holding um sabine's like helmet where he's all like sad he was so sad Good. You know what? I take back what I said before about his unnecessary blinking ability. It's actually very necessary. <laughs> I told you to humanize him. Oh, that was a quick flip. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, like, I it's like the Spider-Man the right eyes that they can move for some reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, why would he have that on his suit? Because it looks cool. Amen. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> Um, All right. Well, any any other theories? Any last things we want to say before we move on? Obviously, excited for more. Definitely. Hano P. Yeah. I want my ceiling tile broken by the end of this series. <laughs> well, I'm excited, but also a little nervous that they're going to drop the ball on me I, for what I. I will say Look. that I am a little nervous too, but I feel like more anxious, excited, kind of nervous. Because it's like, oh, it's so good. It could be really good. And then if it's not, I'm going to be crushed. And then I'm never going to be able to watch they, Star Wars again. They better not Loki season one me. Where it's like, oh, by the way, this is going to be a two-seasoner. Like, no. Uh, no, 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 I'm no. telling you, you they're totally going to do that. finish it. They are totally no, going to do it. that. No. I, oof, mm. I don't know. I don't know enough. Season two. I'm calling it right yeah. now. Season two. It, I, here's I, the thing. Norm on this. I'm going to be pissed if they do yeah, that. Yeah, I'll be fine if they if there's a season two, but if they don't finish the actual story... Have an ending. Yes, have an yeah. ending. Even if it's, hey, guess what? Thrawn gets away. I'm fine with that. As long as there's an ending. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can tease a season two, mm-hmm. and that's what it should be. is like a tease and, like, a door open, but have an ending. Like, th- I'm so sick of this where it's just, you know, and every show's doing it these days because they're like... May, you know, we're gonna have eight seasons. Like nobody, nobody goes. Like, Nobody's asking. Shows for that. are getting canceled left and right. And let's just anyway. Let's just have an ending. I agree. Is it time to move on and visit the doctor? Get in the police box. I think I hear a very specific sound. Yep, I assume that sound happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to Doctor Whoiversity. <laughs> okay, I just, I didn't, I didn't even plan that. It just came out. <laughs> Did you regret it the minute you said it? Because you should have. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh no, I like it. I say stick with it. Um, Doctor Whoiversity. So last episode we talked about. We started talking about Doctor Who, and we started with the Ninth Doctor, Series 1 of the Revived uh, series. So we, we talked about um, Episodes 1, 2, 9, and 10, and today we get to talk about the finale of Series 1. Episode 12, Bad Wolf. Episode 13, The Parting of the Ways. And I also had us watch the Christmas, in, the Christmas special, which was called The Christmas Invasion. <laughs> But you have to, because that's kind of the ending of that season, right? Am I yes. getting this right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, like, now that I know that Doctor Who has, like, a Christmas episode every season, mm-hmm. I'm going to be, like, 
adding this to my seasonal watch list yes. all the time. Some are better than others, for sure. <laughs> but they always they always leave you with the warm and fuzzies, I think, in my opinion. That's how I've always felt about them. Uh, but before we get there, um, <clears throat> first, has everyone has everyone actually seen the requisite episodes? Oh, cat! Are, are you are you say are you asking if we all did our homework, Professor? <laughs> That's Doctor to you, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> Professor Doctor. <laughs> Uh, yes, I definitely watched all of these uh, not so long ago. Mr. Doctor. Mr. Doctor. It's Professor. strange. <laughs> Mr. Doctor Professor Strange. Who am I to judge? <laughs> Esquire. Okay. <laughs> so, I guess let's talk about the the finale episodes first. I think we can kind of talk about them together because it's, it's basically a two parter. But the culmination. Of a lot of things, what happens? Bad Wolf catches up with us, and the Doctor and Rose and Jack are transported to a game show world. It's actually a world that we've seen before a few episodes ago. Uh, it's They're on Satellite 5 in the year 200,000, but they're, they're 100 years after the events of the last episode. So, like, after the events of the Obviously. last episode, they <laughs> had to rebuild the entire economy. Um, and now there's killer game shows for some reason. Because <laughs> they're entertaining. They've got to investigate. They are very entertaining. I actually probably wouldn't watch them, but they're entertaining in theory. You I'd like say to think that. I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think I'm better than that, for sure. It's The Hunger Games meets Big Brother, and also The Weakest Link, and... <laughs> what not to wear yeah project makeover or i do love how rose was like not taking it seriously at first and i could totally see my like i could i could see myself in that situation we're not getting that like the stakes are super high like you're gonna die so you're just having a real blast for 90 you know, of it till the person next to you gets disintegrated with a laser yeah i mean like wh- why would you suspect that like if you were suddenly transported through the tardis like onto a future version of jeopardy and instead of the uh, the android, you had uh, android Trebek. <laughs> we could really use it about now. Side Trebek. Like you probably wouldn't take it that seriously. <laughs> no, especially well, if, you, I do like especially if they the like teased... had a weird metal mustache on them, I would have a hard time taking that seriously. Well, I do like that they teased Bad Wolf. You know, from the was it episode one even or mm-hmm. episode two? Like we were seeing yeah. that all like uh, in in graffiti and around. So I I do dig that they even though this does seem rather uh, like scattered. This entire you know Doctor Who itself, uh, the format as I'm learning, is you know it's it's similar to Star Trek, right? Where it's like you don't know what's going to happen every episode, right? So you don't know where they're going to be, you don't know what the storyline's going to be, but then they do have these themes, as Emily pointed out, and the, these. Uh, for every season has a consistent through line you just kind of have to be paying attention yeah i mean i dig that it's it's up to interpretation later on but yes (laughs) oh so they don't say as consistent but i guess we'll see different showrunners different styles yeah but i did like that that they they teased this early on i remember remarking on like what the heck is this bad wolf thing but i kind of forgot about it and then we get to see it play out yeah. I really like that they dressed up Jack as Han Solo. <laughs> um, oh, and Jack gets... Uh, uh, not only that, they strip him naked. 
Well, several they, times. They know what the people yeah. want. <laughs> yeah. And and they apparently also know what Jack really likes, which is apparently being seen being naked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, unfortunately that is uh uncomfortably true in real life too and and uh that's that's a topic for a later podcast. <laughs> Is he a flasher? Is that what you're trying to tell us? You can Uh-oh. you can look up John Barrowman controversy. I I got nothing to say about that. <laughs> God, there's just too many of these days. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. But so uh, it, yeah. in in Bad Wolf, it turns out obviously the big bad is the Daleks. Yes. So all yeah, of this who are returning again. The, yes. Okay. So the Daleks were considered an extinct species there was one Dalek throughout the other episode um, but that was like supposed to be like kind of a fluke um, however apparently they uh, escaped the time war somehow um, it's not really explained super um, thoroughly but that's okay they escaped the point is that there's Daleks they escaped the time war and they came to earth so that they could build up their army using satellite 5 and it's very, very bad. They got the Dalek em- Emperor, which is basically just like a Dalek, but bigger. Like a huge one. <laughs> a very big, like, big, scary one. Crab-like in yeah. In its its suit, I guess you want to say? Its exosuit, whatever you want to say? It is, because uh, that's what they are. They're just little squids or crabs, whatever. There's little squids that live inside of a... Yeah, what, whatever the star a Starro meets it's kind uh, of a mech suit. Yeah, yeah. Starro meets like in, a squid or something. Yeah, they live in uh, these like metal trash cans, salt with, shaker things with, with plungers and pinball yes. lights. <laughs> Kitchen materials, yeah. <laughs> okay, no, so I did kind of watch these last two episodes. Um, okay, this is the issue. One. And we've talked about this a million times. Well, when I never liked... I tried watching Doctor Who a long time ago. My mom watched it, and I never liked it. Number two. I have... uh, This is so embarrassing. Okay. I have, like, intense OCD about watching shows out of order. So, like, when we're assigned episodes... It's very difficult for me to watch one. And then be like, okay, we're going to watch ten episodes later. This one, blah, blah, blah. And it, like, is painful for me. But I don't have time to go back and watch, like, all of Doctor Who. Nor do I really want to. No offense, Emily. But... I'm only really offended. I can see the pain. (laughs) Um, I'm only extremely hurt. (laughs) I'm not offended. I'm just crying. Um, I don't think it's bad, but I'm not... (laughs) enjoying it per se <laughs> so Br- Bridget I just have a, a quick, li- yeah. quick question have you is it just these uh, two episodes that you watched no I watched the, well I watched the first one and then I watched the last two so if you only watched the first episode in these last two um, I I'm gonna tell you right now why this isn't hitting because what uh, 100% honest I said this last time, it wasn't hitting for me until I got to episode 10, 
which is way past my three episode rule. And this is why if Emily didn't give us those numbers, I would have just not watched this after episode three. Episode 10, The Doctor Dances, changed my mind for sure. I mean, the one before that, The uh, the Empty Child, started, Empty child. it made me lean in, but it was The Doctor Dances that made me go, all right, I'm here. Yeah. I got and this. And it is a two-parter, so you do, you do have to watch both. Just yeah. putting that out there. <laughs> and I will say, I the first time I tried to watch Doctor Who, this reboot of Doctor Who, I didn't get through it. I gave up on it because what you're experiencing. And now then I muscled through the first season. And then I can just tell you this. There's a light at the end of the tunnel because that light is David Tennant. And so I started watching the next season already. It's true. It's so All right. Poor good. Eckleston, man. I love All it. Right. Poor Eckleston. This is it's also, not his fault, though. We will it's talk the, about Eckleston's legacy. Listen, this is it's also, also my also the qualm. writers. It's them figuring their stuff out. Yeah. I also don't, I don't like that the characters change. I don't like that. What that, is the okay, point? That is actually very valid, but it's like when it, it becomes the the greatest and worst thing about the series because it's like mm-hmm. you're so heartbroken when it ends, but then and then when like the first series of the new Doctor, you're always just like it's not the same. Like this show's going downhill. Like everything sucks. But then, without fail, after like a few episodes, half a season, entire season, sometimes you're like you're finally like you know what. They really did a good job with the casting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Norm. Um, so the Christmas episode isn't the season finale, right? Bad Wolf is the season finale. Uh, or the Bad parting Wolf of the and ways. Parting is. the ways. Yeah. Yeah, but you're kind of connected as well. Yeah. Um, but well, yeah, the se- so the the Christmas one is kind of like the bridge between the seasons. It is like a special. It yeah. Basically, is the season finale. Oh. Like it's yeah. Okay, it so is, but it's not listed on there as the season, which I mean, as in it was like a special. That's why I'm so excited about this idea that they have these Christmas specials that are specials, but they're also kind of tied into the season. So my, my question being was, last time Emily said that um, there seems to be controversy, controversy usually around um, the series, the season finales, I guess you want to say. We, they, they call it series finales. We, we would call it a season finale. Yeah. Right. You said you said that, and I, I can There's, maybe see why in this being one. A little polarizing. <laughs> but polarizing is in either people really really love it or people really really hate it. Not like polarizing is in like, wow, that said something that like I'm not sure I agree with. Type oh, thing. yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. I think I'm falling in the the, the camp of uh, it was interesting, but at the same time, like the way they dispose of the Daleks felt very cheap in the writing style. I'll say that Russell T. Davies, love him to death, um, he he is a bit guilty of the deus ex machina. I say a bit, I mean very yeah. guilty. <laughs> yes. I, didn't, uh, I did my, not any like gripes it. I have, any gripes I have with the first season is writing it has nothing to do even with production value because i kind of love norm was making fun of me I'm, last time like my up. god pbs had a better you know exactly. budget or whatever and um but i i'm fine with it I actually the the style of that like the low budget aspect i love it and that reminds me of the original doctor who but um uh, i just think the writing starts getting stronger I, coming up and that's all i'll say i don't want to talk too much about the next season because we're focusing on this one um and I'm kind of sad. Are we not going to talk about the Christmas invasion? It is really like, I'm looking no, now do. though. It is season two, episode zero, like according to IMDb. So 
It is considered the next season. Well, I think later on they start being considered part of the uh, uh, previous season. Which would make season. so much more sense narratively. You know what I mean? Well, this like, was the first one they ever did. Like, yeah, the first and Doctor Who, yeah, and then they people liked it so, so much. They weren't necessarily planning to do it every year. People liked it so much that they okay. did. So I, I, I just did not like the whole Rose stares into the TARDIS, the TARDIS stares back, and all of a sudden she gets godlike powers that then solves <laughs> everyone's problems. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, come on. This is lazy writing. Yeah, all I can tell you is they never even mentioned that again as far as I can tell, as far as mm-hmm. I've seen. Like, uh, that happened? Not, and then, okay, does really. it come back again? Well, because it's not from what I've seen. The thing about Doctor Who being such a long-running show is that like when they drop bits of lore like that, they do return to them in ways big and small, and in ways explicit and implicit, mostly implicit. Like, this helps build the lore around the TARDIS, being like it's not just a spaceship, it's not just a police box, it's, it's like a alive. living thing. It's it is alive, and it's like it's infinite and like its own character, basically. So this is kind of the the, the first seed of that planted in the new series. Um, so that's what I'll say about that, and also bad wolf rose like the actions that she takes is she so to give context she gets sent away from the dalek invasion because the doctor wants to keep her safe doctor loves to put his companion trick his companions into going home so that he can save them um she's very upset by this so she gets mickey her not boyfriend anymore i guess to pull open the tardis console using a truck which shouldn't be possible a tow truck but the head canon is that the tardis saw that Rose really, really wanted to save the Doctor, so it allowed them to pull the console off. Uh, She looks into the heart of the TARDIS, gets wrapped up in timey-wimey vortex stuff, becomes Bad Wolf Rose, basically a god, and she goes and saves the day, destroying the Daleks, and also she brings Jack back to life, which is very important. Yeah, and that's what always gets me. It's I always just feel that... Like, I just think the revival, when people die and they bring them back, I feel like that's, like, the worst writing ever. Like, shows do that all the time, and I just always am like, I hate that. I don't like that. I, I didn't like it. do agree, but usually Doctor Who... Doctor Who does have, have some bad examples, but usually <laughs> people stay dead or gone, or, like, lost, so to speak. Jack okay. is a very specific example that is like very like because then he can't die now well yes and that and you know they needed to make torchwood so they did need to make torchwood and they had to have his uh ability to not die be a recurring thing um so and then of course because of this to save rose from basically imploding i guess or something the doctor has she to take died. Yeah, the doctor has to take all that energy into himself and then regenerate. Yeah, cuz that causes all of the cells in his body to start dying cuz no one's supposed to look into the time vortex. So uh, the uh, one thing that I loved from that was when David Tennant all of a sudden is there, he's like new teeth. And there was something about that where I was like, you know what? That that That's was just the first thing he says. That was a funny. Like I actually laughed about that. I was like, that was dumb, and I love that joke. So, what you you do see him re regenerate at the end of episode thirteen, right? 
Uh, yes. Okay. Thirteen, yes. Mm-hmm. Bridget, did that, did that stir any emotion in you? <laughs> I love how you stir there. <laughs> I was like, how many times are we going to go through this? <laughs> well, how many doctors are there? <laughs> 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, technically 14, but we won't 14. go there. Like, I was about to say, can we go there? Because I just saw... <laughs> looking, no, don't, don't go there yet. Looking up <laughs> something quick. Don't let her know. Yeah, don't okay. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna happen. The funny thing is, think about this. Just put it in perspective. Imagine you're like, for perspective for Norm being like, so Picard. Every few seasons, they just get a new actor to play Picard for <laughs> yeah. Next Generation. You'd be, be like, it'd be weird. It provides but so much great character fodder though later on. But it's, and it, but it's baked into the storytelling, so I kind of like it. I mean, I'm into it. It's you know, it's and, it's a thing that it has, and like it's a hook, and I don't mind it if. It'd be one thing if it was a one-off, like, oh, this is going to be a, like, oops, this guy's gone, let's just write it like he does it one time. Then then I'd be, like, perturbed by it, but no, it's part of the lore, so I I enjoy that. I'm into it. Well, and and we talked last episode that it's because the original actor was, like, getting dementia or whatever, he was getting some brain disorder, and he couldn't remember his lines, and he was going to die, so they just wrote him out in a cool way to be like... He's going to regenerate because they kind of wanted to keep that franchise pumping. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it was grounded in, like, a cool creative writing thing they did, at the, you know, at the time uh, to deal with real-life events. And now it bec- has become part of the lore. So I'm, I'm digging it. I'm into it. Especially when they get an actor like Tennant, who is so fun to watch. They always cast really great actors. And, like, they, the whole regeneration thing, like, it, it is amazing brilliant but sometimes it can be so like frustrating too at times and like it opens up like a ton of inconsistencies but i i kind of feel like that's something that you just sort of have to accept about being a doctor who fan is that like i was gonna say doctor who yeah the lore is very the fandom will forever be arguing about like the doctor wouldn't do that and they'd be like no that was that doctor this is this doctor now and then you know <laughs> well, it is, it's like endless i also i also like that because it doesn't it doesn't pigeonhole the character either yeah it allows it to change yeah. he does go through I mean, a lot of development i'm saying this only having seen two doctors now <laughs> i might feel completely different about this when we go to matt smith story. although i do enjoy matt smith but that's down yeah. the line well young we'll, matt smith too yeah I mean, I've really enjoyed it. I like the the contrast between Eccleston. I mean, we shouldn't talk too much about it. Well, let's talk about Eccleston. I just like his sincerity. I like how he seems like a guy that's been in space too long, on his own too long, right? And then he has to learn to be a human by the end of the season, or at least have that empathy for people. And I kind of enjoyed it, that he felt kind of like, a, you know, an odd duck that yes. became more of a normal dude by the end of it. Um, and I do like that journey he went on. And then it was cool that right as he finally gets to have this kind of empathy moment, he has to change. And so we don't really get a conclusion to it, right? So the character can keep growing and changing next season. That's cool. He also but what I loved is that he does complete his character arc because he has to... He's faced with the decision to repeat his actions from the time war. Wipe out an mm-hmm. entire species to, to wipe out the Daleks. Uh, or let the Daleks win essentially and he doesn't have to do it and he says that line uh the the emperor asks him like what are you killer or coward and he says coward any day so to me that's what brings the whole thing together but what what I actually loved about his character was he had this weird wonderment to him 
Like, he was, he seemed very amused, but also curious about a lot of the things around him, but, like, emotionally. Not like, oh, what's this? What's that? He's like, like oh, no, that's that's interesting. What's, like, he had this weird, like, slightly bubbly personality that, again, I brought this up last time. I was so used to him in Gone in 60 Seconds and in uh, uh, 28 Days Later, where it's like, wait a minute. This is the same guy. This is a little weird, but at the same time, yeah. it, by the end of it, I'm like, no, this this was this was fun, and I I enjoyed him. Bridget, you're looking distinctly unmoved. <laughs> I don't think we convinced her yet, but that's okay. <laughs> tell tell me about your feelings. <laughs> we need some dissent on this podcast. Um, I just I don't know. You know, not really looking forward to watching more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll choose some good episodes for series two. I'll choose some good episodes for series two. Okay. I feel like I do enjoy David Tennant, so I feel like I would probably just enjoy just. Will enjoy David Tennant. You're also not going to miss any real. There is no choice. Rose. No, there's a little bit of like knowing the backstory with Rose is important, right? And there's some other things that are you're gonna would be useful, but they're not necessary. You could jump in in season two, and it wouldn't be like, you know crazy i don't know i i will say the one thing i'm i will say the one thing i am enjoying about this um is my son seems to really like enjoy watching it and he he likes it because of the weird aliens and of course the slovene is right up his alley they're goofy looking and they're farting all the time got the slovene the seven-year-old boy is glued to the tv anytime he sees the slovene he's like here are the farting aliens God. Okay, yeah. That's, I that's it. why they're. I get it. He should watch the Sarah Jane Adventures. Are there more Slovene? Yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll have to uh, sit him down with that. Thing. It is also like more of a kids show than Doctor Who. Like Doctor Who's already a bit kiddie, and then well, you SJ have, is even more. You get K nine, right? Oh, you get so much more K nine, and like the main characters are are actually kids. Oh, all right. I'll, yeah, I'll have to. Is that on I mean, HBO? not like children. They're like teenagers, but. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm like in my mid forties. That's a kid to me. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've pretty much covered the finale. <laughs> well, we didn't talk about. Yeah, we did the finale. I mean, we didn't. We talked about how it was kind of a, a little letdown with the whole Duas Machina thing, where it just like mm-hmm. how they wrote themselves out of that situation was a little silly. Uh, didn't really land well. But the Christmas episodes has killer Santas. <laughs> And we get, we of course get Tenet, hashtag that's my doctor. <laughs> and it's so exciting. Um, it's Christmas, and there's killer, is it Santas this time? Is it, It's like, it's killer like Santas, yeah. the, the robo Santas. Robo Santas that are, yeah. And the deadly trees, right? Yes. The spinning. We also get more Mickey. Oh yeah, the trees are like whirling oh. dervishes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we get uh, Mickey's back and Jackie, the mom, Rose's mm-hmm. mom. And it's mostly the supporting cast who's center stage because the doctor is regenerating. That's so we even don't get a lot of him for the episode. I really like it for overdue. that. I like that it's the... Yeah. I like that. By the way, you, every time Mickey's mentioned, you kind of like sigh like, oh, poor Mickey. Oh, Mickey. And, and I, so I was like, oh, my God. So it, like, it, it just it's going to stay that way. <laughs> like, I was hoping he'd get some, you know... He does He does get rehabilitated. Get something. Yeah. The, the, the boyfriends like, of the uh, companions have never really been all that impressive. 
Well, they can't be because they're next to there's the a, doctor, right? That's the I was say, that's problem. why there's a reason they're running off with the doctor, all right? And it's, yeah. yeah. Their home lives aren't yeah. the best. I, I do think it's hilarious, though, that Rose's mother, Jackie, is almost, she sees David Tennant and is like, let me get proper looking here because, uh, yeah. yeah, it's not the Jackie's same guy. <laughs> so funny. She's such a She flirt. totally reminds me of one of the Long Island mothers that I grew up with. Um, <laughs> just a little trashy. She's just a little trashy. Mm-hmm. She's lovely. She's lovable. She ends up being. Yeah, lovable. that's why. I, that's why. I, no, that's why I feel kinship to her. I'm like, oh yeah, I know you. I grew, I grew <laughs> up with you. Um, interesting. Yeah, interesting um, story because the doctor's barely in it. He's he's like you said, regenerating, and you get you don't really get him until the very very end, and. Uh, one of the We've things we've got to watch Rose suffer through her crisis of faith, essentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also bring back the prime. Well, she's now the prime minister. Um, Harriet Jones. We know who she right. is. Yeah, Harriet Jones. Uh, who, <laughs> it's a bit bitey. Who, who's very fun. I just know her from Shaun of the from Dead. What's it called? Uh, Shaun of the Dead. That's yeah, all the mom from so Shaun of the Dead. You, you know who she is. Mom. Yes. Yeah. This is a reference. <laughs> so I'm coming to get you, Barbara. So um, one of the things that I, I loved about it was the very, very end. Um, she makes a decision that obviously the doctor doesn't agree with, but like she, she made a tough call that I don't think was wrong. I mean, I I know for the doctor it's wrong, but I don't disagree with her. Yeah. It's a moral gray zone. Uh, basically the cigarettes have come to invade earth and after a rousing swashbuckling fight, uh, David Tennant, um, manages to save the day and send them back to where they came from and as they're retreating harriet jones who's already got all of the uh global weapons systems like ready to go um she blows them up as they leave and doctor's very angry about that because he gave them a chance and they took it and then they died but i don't disagree with her i don't you know the best defense is a good offense i'm a i don't disagree either to be honest but i like the ideal i like the ideal that the doctor is striving for here no, no, it, yeah it was, for sure it was but in good... real real politi- politic whatever the idea is like they were invaded without any you know provocation and they don't know how powerful those guys are they could come back so in a way like from a national defense standpoint it wasn't a bad idea. no it wasn't a bad it's, decision it's not a bad decision and i yeah. i i thought it was a gutsy call and went and she she didn't back down from it either which is the thing that i love the most she cool. owned it yeah. and she explained herself and i completely agree with what she what she said again you can look at it any way you want and come up with the with your own answer but at the same time, I love the duality of it, of him versus her and, and her not backing down. I thought the little modern spotlight mirror on, uh, she's looking kind of tired, doesn't it? Don't you think she looks tired? Was, Don't you think she looks tired? <laughs> was, uh, was interesting. I, yeah, I she wasn't it. taken down by uh, any aliens or anything. She was taken down by sexism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, like I've brought it up before, like I enjoy, even though it's even though to me it's it's sad that that's what it is, 
seeing that modern mirror held up, I enjoy. I enjoy seeing those moments. Mm-hmm. It helps. It helps for the realism. It helps ground it to me. Stupid, yeah. stupid moments like that. And the doctor is like I like that they do set up it as a duality. Like you're not necessarily like doctor's always right. Although like many viewers will fall into that trap of like, oh well the doctor said so, so it's okay. But it's like the doctor is not always a hero. Um, and more and more as the show progresses, is like a walking gray zone basically. So to me, this is kind of like not even the beginnings of that because they already started establishing that early on. But like the the kind of like. Like, what you'll learn about Tennant, or what you perhaps have already learned about Tennant from reading ahead, is that, like, he is heroic and victorious and dashing and everything, um, but when he's cruel, when he's when he doesn't choose to be the happy, fun guy, when he's, like, sad and angry, he's cruel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I haven't gotten that far yet. Spooky. I just have, so I know what she's <laughs> talking about, actually. Well, I'm excited to get into that. As I said at the beginning of this, I've been <clears throat> already binging ahead of season two. Norm, it sounds like, is way ahead of me. But yeah, I'm excited to really talk about it. It's it's sad that Bridget is not having a good time because she's going to have to suffer through a lot more. But the rest of us can enjoy the ride. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, it's it's really the, the weird-looking aliens. The Slovene help a lot. My, my son loves seeing them. And if, and every time the face of Bo shows up, he likes it because a giant head in a jar who doesn't... I mean, it is pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. So, I like I'm, I'm a fan. So, like, yeah. you, you see you, you see these things, and my, my son's like, Daddy, I want to keep watching this. So you watch the next episode. And I'm like, no, buddy, I'm only going to watch a, a couple. And, I, and then here I'm watching three episodes. I'm like, all right, we're done. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's the opposite. I'm watching in bed next to my wife, and she's just like watching Lower Decks. Um, not no, not the Star Trek one. What's the one? The um, the reality show of the people on the um, oh, the the cruise the ship show. or the yachts, yeah. the yacht cruise, the yachts. So she, so I, which I watched like four seasons of it with her, like over her shoulder, which was pretty good. And now it's just ridiculous. So. Anyway, so she watches that show. I watch Doctor Who, and she's like, no, no, you can watch a show. I'm like, yeah, I know I can, but, like, you seem, like, annoyed by me having it on. So I got to, like, fit it in. <laughs> so, so I mean, that was the Christmas invasion, which I, I think, I do think that at the end you just sort of get the warm and fuzzy Christmas feelings, although they don't lean quite as hard into the Christmassiness as they do in later ones. No, 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 I did not. The Doctor so, literally goes... Uh, oh, it's snow. He goes, no, it's not. It's ash. Ash you, from oh, burning okay, bodies. Yes, it, what? Bit, what Christmas dark, vibes are you getting? I will, but every, I will the people be, that were going to die, they didn't die. They, nobody jumped off a roof. I will definitely be watching it on Christmas time. Any Christmas-related material makes it into my watch list. So, yeah, that's going to be on there now. <laughs> it's not my favorite um, Christmas special, although it always holds a special place because of David Tennant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's raining Sycorax all over. Yeah, it was like, come on, man. <laughs> like, like, before he said that, I was like, oh, it's snowing. Of course, it's a Christmas special. Ball. And then he said that, and I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, there are kids doing, you know, snow angels in that. And that's, 
Ash Angels. It just makes you think of Cher- Chernobyl, where you see, like, remember, like, oh, it's so beautiful, and there's, like, the radiation ash falling on them. Anyway, oh. my mind did go there. So, yeah, what did you think of <laughs> um, Eccleston versus Tennant so far? <laughs> did we talk about this already? I mean... We got a whole season of Eccleston and only a little sn- snippet, snippet of of, um, of Tenant. Uh, yeah. He, the one thing I will say that um, turns me off right away, um, Tenant seems very full of himself more than what Eccleston did. Just in this episode, he seems very high and mighty, whereas Eccleston seemed like, yeah, I'm the doctor, but like you know what, you're gonna make your own choices and you're gonna have to live with them. Whereas Tennant seems like he's reaching for that high ground harder. Mm-hmm. There's definitely gonna be a character adjustment made because, like, I won't go into why, but they describe the ninth Doctor. Oh gosh, what is it? Is it? You know, I'm not gonna try and remember the rhyme, but basically, like, the ninth Doctor has just come off the Time War. He believes that he has wiped out the Daleks and his home world making himself the last of his species so he's like carrying that weight around it's probably been a few hundred years of him just traveling alone being sad about it um, before he meets Rose and then the 10th Doctor is like hopeful again he's born out of uh, saving Rose's life um, rather than like something presumably tragic that happened to the 8th Doctor <laughs> and um it's just he's just I don't know about happier per se but he's um, he's more triumphant I mean for me I <clears throat> I really like Tennant's almost positivity as opposed to uh, Eccleston was like you know you can tell he was a little a little mad and I like that about it that it, like I said he didn't seem like he was really a, like a person it felt like he was a time lord right he did that a really good job of like his Things didn't even seem that big of a deal to him that would normally bother humans, whereas Tennant actually seems way more like just enjoying the ride. Like, he's just having such a blast. Uh, but that's, granted, I only started watching the Tennant one. So I would love to report back. I'll happily report back after mm-hmm. we watch the next season. Yep, same. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for that. Uh, once we finish Series 2, if anyone is, like, just, like, I need I need more and I need more now, um, <laughs> you can start watching Torchwood. <laughs> You can send you the uh, the order, the recommended watch order for that's supposed to be s- somewhat chronological for Doctor Who, Torchwood, and the Sarah Jane Adventures. Although I don't recommend uh, necessarily taking it on all at once because it's a lot. I think I'll do Torchwood after Doctor Who. But that's we'll fair. Yeah. It'll be nice because then it's like you get all the way through and then you get to go all the way back to the time capsule that was Torchwood season one. And oh my god, is it a time capsule? <laughs> <laughs> But when does it take place? Ooh. We haven't gotten up to it, it yet, right? Yeah, it takes place basically right after season two. Oh, shoot. Oh, after two. Perfect. Okay, well, maybe I will check out an episode or two. <clears throat> okay, great. I'm very excited for the tenant season because, well, I, I will say that, like, Eccleston was an incredible doctor, and he really he, he pulled a lot of weight bringing this show back, essentially. Um and I agree with everything that everyone said about him playing the Time Lord more so than the human. I don't think that's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but David yeah, Tennant was my I first said, doctor. 
and, but any I flaws in it is not the actor's fault. I'd say anything that I have a gripe in or a criticism is the writers, and I also don't even fault them because they're just. Tr- it's like, in my mind, it's Star Trek. Like the first seasons are hard. They're you know they're always a little rough typically, except for recently with Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks. Um, is because they're trying to figure it out. They're finding their way, and then usually by seasons two and three is when they hit their stride. So I'm very forgiving of Eccleston. Uh, and even the writing. I still enjoyed the season. I thought it was fun. Yeah. In fact, I enjoyed it more as it was going on. And, f- and in fact, I think I could go back and rewatch earlier episodes and actually enjoy them more now that I understood the tone of it. Yeah, it's just it is really a shame that he didn't that it didn't work out for them to do more than one season with him. Because um, otherwise, like they might have found his footing a little better. But mm-hmm. regardless, he's still like very well remembered and regarded. So. He helped resurrect the show. I mean, if it wasn't for his performance, <coughs> they wouldn't have got another season. So mm-hmm. he didn't tank it. <laughs> um, I don't think any doctor really does tank it, come to think of it. <coughs> Obviously not. They're still going, dude. They're still making those seasons. Uh, I'm sorry. That just tickled me. Like, well, you didn't you didn't screw it up that bad, so we're still you didn't here. You the pooch. The show yeah, still exists. <laughs> As I get older, there's I respect that more and more. Competency. Hey. Competency matters. So rare. Alright. So, um, <clears throat> we'll resume next uh, episode, or at, at some point soon, with, with the beginnings of Season 2. So Stay tuned. So, that was our coverage of Series 1 of Doctor Who. And... If you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to The Verse wherever you find your favorite podcasts, Apple, Google, Audible, Spotify, etc. And if you want to follow me specifically, uh, we're going to give all our socials now. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, I almost don't know if I want to say it because I'm barely even on Twitter these days. You can find me on Instagram, I guess, at EmiliaFU, although I don't post anything. <laughs> EmiliaFU? EmiliaFU, yeah. I didn't even notice that. I never picked up on that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, if you want to follow me, Lucas Longacre, uh, I deleted the Twitter app, although I do have occasionally have to check it on my computer every now and again. But you can follow me on Instagram and on Threads now, which I'm so excited about, uh, at Luconian Logic. If you want to follow me, Bridget, you can find me exclusively on the gram at BridgetBergen16. And if you want to follow me, Norm Felker, I'm apparently the only one holding out here on on Twitter, hoping against hope. Somebody's got to fight against the Nazis. Yeah, somebody's got to fight the good fight. So I'm still on Twitter at random underscore white guy. One random underscore white guy against the... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> against the hordes the nazi hordes i like my Don't chances <laughs> i like my chances um but and finally there's our producer steven prusikowski um who was last seen uh holding my spear on twitter um he can be found on twitter letterboxd and instagram as that film snork brother in arms there uh and one second, everyone. Are we not going to address the fact that there was like two whole Emilias running around the ship? Uh, yeah. Oh, look at the time. You know what? I don't. I do not have the energy for this right now. Maybe next time, bud. Maybe next. Yeah, time. maybe next time. I don't. Or never. I don't know. What you're oh no, no. About. You you stay out of this. Yeah. You too. Stay out of it. Uh, the both of y'all. 
Well, there's our music. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Keep sending in those questions and comments on our Twitter page, at TheVerseCast, and we'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is produced by Stephen Puzikowski. Before you run, just you have one second to answer this. If you could regenerate yourself like Doctor Who, who would you cast for that? Would you upgrade? Would you downgrade? Such a big question for one second. <laughs> no, what's the, shoot from the hip. If I could regenerate. Yeah, it's just going to be you, but you're going to be like in a different body, essentially. I mean, I have my answer. I would do Eccles, not Eccleson. I would do a tenant just to annoy. Oh wait, Emily we have Ellen. to choose a Doctor Who. No. No, no. You can choose whoever oh. you want. I would, I would just do that just to annoy Amalia. Oh boy. It would be confusing. Uh, <laughs> no, Emily would have to then like me and talk to me, and I'd be like, Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm very busy right now. I gotta go. Because, because currently I don't like you, and I currently I hate you and don't speak to you ever. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'll be tenant. That she has to deal with. Oh, wait, actually, I can tell you right now. You know what? If I could regenerate, I would come back as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. (laughs) And then you could hold Norm in your arms. You could hold me. (laughs) Cradle me. It would finally happen. It would. (laughs) I just want to go. I would just love to be like a dude of that size. Just unstoppable. That's a good answer. That's what I would want. That's what I would want. I don't think that's a. Yeah, I think you kind of stole my answer, my real answer. Okay. Good. Well, that's a good answer. All right. Be gone. BB's going to go to work. All right. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Peace out. Later. Bridget. Bye. What about you, Norm? Oh. What would you come back as? You know, um. Regenerate as. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, I've I've tried the male form. I would I would love to try the female form. I'm not lying. I'm into it. I haven't decided, you know, I I think you guys don't believe me when I say this, and I brought this up quite a few times. I really love Leslie Jones, and for whatever reason, I would love to be her. But at the same time, um, you know, uh, no, I'm going to stick with it. I love Leslie Jones. I would love, I would love to be, because she's also as tall as me, so I, I feel like, <laughs> certain things would still Same fit. Same vantage point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think I think certain things would still work. Um, so I'm stick with Leslie Jones because I re- good. I, I think really it's awesome, like and you'd yeah. be funny as hell to be around. Exactly. So we, we'd appreciate it. If hey, wait that. a minute. I'm not, are you saying I'm not right now? <laughs> that hurt. Well, I mean, you're no Leslie Jones. <laughs> no, you're. I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. See that as an insult, personally. Um, for my real answer, would actually be Gene Kelly. I was kidding about coming back as Tenet. Because if I could dance like that guy, I mean, hell yeah. I would definitely come back as Gene Kelly. That's not a, that's not a, what about, all right. it's not a bad answer. I mean, I mean just come be from a guy who like, can't dance like just that. So, so. <laughs> Listen, I can dance pretty damn good. Not me. And I'm saying I want to come back as Gene Kelly because then I could dance like that. I got that old joke of the tall white man's disease, so no it's rhythm. It's all in the hips, Norm. So, Emilia, you're, you're the doctor aficionado. Who, who would you regenerate as? Oh, that's tough. Um, I guess I guess I would I would I would be interested to to be a man, to be a, a male person. I like this. Um, I should have had a good woman queued up. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I suppose like one of my one of my favorite mans of Hollywood <laughs> um, would be Paul Rudd. He's so charming. I would love to have that kind of power. I, I get it. Eternal I youth. Is that the power you're talking <laughs> yeah, about? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that if also if the Doctor, if Doctor Who was ever American, which it should never be, by the way, just putting it out there, should never be. Um, no, no, it's so British. It it's work. It, yeah, uh, but if it was, uh, Paul Rudd would probably be a great Doctor. <laughs> For the American version specifically, that doesn't exist and shouldn't ever exist. <laughs> He'd be a terrible British Doctor. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, Fair I've never enough. heard him try a British accent, but okay. I would just I mean, assume. Could, I assume he could probably do it, because it's like his job and all, but to act. 